Hi, and welcome. We're delighted that you've joined us here at Tell Me Where to Go, where you'll hear travel tales from all over the world designed to inspire, inform, and get you travelling around this wonderful world. Well, we're now going to travel to a wonderful part of Victoria. It's in the high country of Victoria. It's called Dinner Plain. I'm going to find out why it's called Dinner Plain. And to give me that information, I'm speaking to John Castron, who's a managing director of Castron, who has some properties up in Dinner Plain. And I've also got another guest, actor Tony Bonner. Now, Tony knows Dinner Plain because he filmed the movie The Man from Snowy River there. So first of all, John, welcome to tellmewheretogo.com. Dinner Plain, how did it get its name? G'day, Steve. G'day, Tony. It's got a, a great story behind it. Dinner Plain got its name because it was the plane on which the stockmen had their dinner. And back in the early days, Cobb and Co. used to come up from the northeast of Victoria over the top of the high country, past Mount Hotham, which was nothing there, just a gravel track. Then they go past a place called Dinner Plain on their way to Gippsland and out into the Gippsland Lakes and out to the fertile grass country out there. But Dinner Plain got its name, as I said before, because it was the plain on which the stockmen had dinner. And the only reason the stockmen can have dinner and the only reason Cobb and Co. used to come through there was one very important thing that all towns are based around, and that's water. Dinner Plain is prolific in water, and all the water that comes up out of Dinner Plain comes up through fractured basalt. They reckon that the aquifer is bigger than the whole of Sydney Harbour, so the water that bubbles up is it's aquamarine in colour, and it actually comes up through sphagnum moss. They used sphagnum moss in the First World War, so if you were unlucky enough to be shot in the First World War on the line of defence, they would dry the sphagnum moss out and stuff it into your wound, and sphagnum moss will absorb about 20 or 30 times its own weight, and it'll congeal up with your blood. So it was a, a very sterile piece of organic matter. So it's got a great history. There's a lot of sphagnum moss up at Dinner Plain. I was going to say, if Cobb and Co. stopped there, does that mean there must have been some sort of pub or inn or something there in those days? Look, there were two pubs. There was one up at Mount Hotham, and there was one just below Dinner Plain called Rundle. And there was another one called Mother Johnson's. Now, Mother Johnson's isn't that far from Dinner Plain. And that was actually the highest brothel in Australia. And Mother Johnson used to look after the Chinese and the, all the diggers that were going on because they, they pulled a prolific amount of gold out of the area. I'm pleased to say the building Mother Johnson's is still there, but they saw uh, snow plows in it now. Tony Bonner, welcome to tellmewheretogo.com. I know that you visited Dinner Plain when you were filming The Man from Snowy River. I'm not sure if you went to the other place that was mentioned. What are your memories of Dinner Plain from when you were filming there? Because you would have been there for quite a lengthy time, I guess, in those days. Yes, thank you, Steve. And John, hi, nice to hear you and that history then of Dinner Plain. When we shot The Man from Snowy River, I played Kirk Douglas's foreman in the film. We did a lot of riding throughout that that whole area, and I got to know the Lovick family and Gerald Egan and his family, the great young rider who did a lot of the doubling stunt work in uh, that film, and then The Light Horseman, another film that I, I did. There's some great riders, some good bush riders up there. Yeah, and I knew a lot of the cattlemen that used to have their cattle until the problems with grazing on the high plains. So I loved that whole area. And uh, so I knew kind of the story of that dinner plane, the, the background of it, through the Lovey family and the Egans. And I just love filming up there. The friends of mine at Marriage Pub 
there and, and in Mansfield, who still lived there. It was just a wonderful time. I was two or three months up there uh, shooting that film. And strangely, then I went on to do the Anzacs miniseries for the same producer. I have a wonderful connection with that whole high country area of Victoria. You made the film The Man from Snowy River, and that's probably... Australia's best-known poem, and it's certainly a very emotional poem. When you were up in that area and you were recreating The Man from Snowy River, how impressed were you with the landscape there? It's obviously sensational, and it became a wonderful visual area from years and years before that when a wonderful cameraman, a director of photography, Keith Wagstaff, shot the Marlboro cigarette commercial with that wonderful horse and rider pounding along those high trails with the snow peak caps in the background. That really started to put the high country on the maps from that cigarette commercial. There's a view everywhere. You know, you, you come around a trail, you're riding and you turn and you look down a valley or you turn and there's a mountain with snow on it in front of you. Everywhere you look at 360 degrees, there's a sensational view. And John, I know that you bought property up there back in the 1980s when you were, you were quite a young man. What was the reason for that? Were you just taken by the beauty of the area? Well, look, there were two things. I was certainly taken with the beauty of the area. My father loved skiing, and my father became the, the doctor in wintertime at Mount Hotham, and he used to conduct his medical practice out of a caravan on the uh, car park. They did a lot of early surgery there, and all the various bits and pieces of surgery that he and his mates did that if the medical practice board now would put you in jail for what they used to in the caravan up there. Why I was attracted to it was that, like most people in skiing back in those days, we all came through club lodges, whether it be Buller, Hotham, Falls Creek, or the Threadbow, or wherever you, know, you may be. But the only way of getting up into the mountains was you would stay in a club lodge. Because there weren't many commercial lodges in those days. And I belonged to a, a lodge up there called Royal Children's Hospital Lodge, and also the ski club of East Gippsland, which is a very famous ski club up there called Skeg, Ski Club of East Gippsland. I was up there as a, as a young person in my early 20s, and every Easter we used to collect firewood for the winter period from down down below the property, down near Cabungra Station, in a place called Dinner Fame. And every year we'd go down and chop a whole lot of firewood up, and this one particular Easter period, we went down to go and chop the firewood, and it was snowing like buggery at Easter time. So it was too dangerous to, and too much snow to get the, the chainsaws out. So we retreated down to the Golden Age Hotel. It's a very famous hotel that was, as the name infers, the Golden Age was all through the, you know, the Gold Age down there. It's a great hotel and you know, fantastic camaraderie down there. And it was snowing in Omeo on this uh, particular Easter Saturday. And I just happened to be up at the bar and this old guy up the bar said to me, what brings you guys here? And I said, oh, we're from the ski club of East Gippsland. We're chopping a bit of firewood at dinner flame, but it was too much snow. And he said, why don't you buggers ever ask? You know, that's my property. We've been chopping firewood out there for 20 years, I reckon. Anyway, so I said, look, the next, the, next, the next beer should be on me. So the old guy's name was Godfrey Chris, lovely fella. And Godfrey said to me after he had a, a few beers, he said, the bloody fool I am. He said, I own the highest freehold land in Australia. And I thought, he's still the old bastard. No one owned country up that high. Anyway, he said, now look, I own 570 acres, two roofs and 16 perches. And that always stuck in the back of my head, you know, the young real estate bloke as a valuer. <laughs> and I went back to work. Can you explain what a rood and a perch is? I've, I've long forgotten that. <laughs> There's four roots to the acre and 160 right. perches to the rood. <laughs> Tony's getting out his calculator, by the way, to work that one out. <laughs> <laughs> 
was more of an abacus, probably. Yeah. I just thought about it and I thought, look, I, I've got to go and do a title yeah. search on this. So in, in those days, you can do a title search in 13 mm-hmm. seconds now. And it you know, took a couple of weeks to do a title search. And lo and behold, it came back. It was 570 <laughs> acres, two routes and 16 purchases, searches, and a guy called Godfrey Crisp owned it. So I rang him up and he was just out of Oneo at a place called Wilson's Creek. And I said, can I come down and see you? And I was living in Bairnsdale at that stage as a young valuer. And he said, yes, by all means, what's it about? And I thought it was about dinner plane. So I went and had the ubiquitous ram roast with him and his wife on the Sunday. I said, look, I'd like to buy the property. I was driving an FE Holden then, so I had a fair bit of money. He said to me, I like your ticker. And we agreed on an amount of, it was $300,000, which was a lot of money in the early 80s. And it was $500 deposit and the balance five years. And it was what Tony was saying just before, is it was a thing called the Land Conservation Council. It was going to be doubtful whether you could even graze these properties with what was going through the high country, let alone build something on it. Old Godfrey said to me, mate, I like your ticker, good luck to you. And the only thing is that you you can have the option over it and see how you go. A guy called Professor Peter McIntyre, the head of up the syndication, and Jeff Henke, who owned the ski lifts at Mount Hotham, and was the chef de mission for our Olympic Games, and two other very good partners, Humphreys and Cook, who joined the full syndication. And, and now there's a very large village there that's the, it's the highest freehold land in Australia. The stockmen liked it because it had water. We liked it because it was freehold and it had water. So now there's a whole town there that's, you know, there's got people, the likes of Vale Resorts, the largest ski resort operator in the world, has, has ownership of property there. You've got Wyndham Vacation Resorts. It's you know, one of the largest accommodation providers in the world up there. And you've got about 600 people, individuals like you and me, that just a, a freehold cabin up in the snow because it's the highest freehold land in Australia. So that's a, a bit of the back piece to it. That, that's amazing, isn't it? It would be very, very popular in winter, as you say, because it does snow there. Are there ski runs and stuff like that that have been developed there? We have a very small run at, at Dinner Plain because the name Dinner Plain is it's flat, and that's part of the good thing about it. But we, we've got a little run called The Economy because it's in a bit of commas, short and stingy, and we've got a little lift on it. But the real lifts are, and this is where it works very well, the Dinner Plain provides the bed base to Mount Hotham, and Mount Hotham's 10 kilometres away. And we had, you can drive your car there in wintertime or you can catch the bus backwards and forwards. It goes numerous times up and down a day. And but now Hotham has always been known as the sleeping giant and it's the highest ski mountain in Australia. It has prodigious areas of ski field development. And uh, so dinner planes where everyone, uh, where all the new developments occurred yeah. over the last 20, 25 years and all the skiing is done up at, up at Hotham. That famous poem, the G-Bung Polo Club, which I'm sure Tony knows really well because as an actor you probably would have recited it a few times, I guess. Yeah, well, I have, uh, I have, said, yeah. I didn't know it was real. The G-Bung Polo Club actually exists in Dinner Plain. Is that correct, John? Yes. Look, what happened was about 30 years ago, we built Dinner Plain and started Dinner Plain purely for the winter seasons. And then blow me down, once we started, there were people coming up all over the place. And they're coming up at Easter time. I just thought, I've got to get some events for people to do up here so they can have some fun. We started off, I got Ken Conley, who did a lot of the stunt work, as I said before, for the man from Snowy River, and he's a Mountain Cattleman Cup winner. And I said to him, look, I want to do a reenactment of the, the famous A.B. Patterson poem, the G-Bang Polo Club and the Cuff and Collar team. And basically, it was... 
the City Slickers, the Cup and Collars, versus the G-Bung Polo Club, which is the Mountain Cattlemen, in a polo match, there's no rules. They fought, they fought to the death, the poem will tell you. So we set this thing up on a, at a place called Kabungra Station, which is just next to Dinner Plain. And Kabungra Station was the largest cattle station in Victoria because it had a lot of high country in the leases, you know, about half a million acres up in the high country. We had the, the polo match at Kabungra Station. We never marked out the ground. All we did was just slash it. And we got a couple of snow gums either end. We just cut a bit of snow gum off and stuffed it in the ground. Away we went. The event now easily pulls two and a half to three thousand people, and it's the longest serving. It's the longest serving polo match in Australia. This polo match, and it's it's got a an incredible cult following. Well, we're in the second generation kids that are coming through now. John, can I just ask you one question? Do you have any kangaroos in dinner plane? Yes, certainly a kangaroos. Yeah, kangaroos, wallabies, wombats. You would have seen you know, just recently with the high country with the brumbies. There's not a, many bad proportions at, uh, around the dinner playing area. We have a lot of brumbies up there too, but we have like, all of the Australian wildlife. Yes, it's all there. Tony Bonner, you would know a lot about kangaroos, wouldn't you? <laughs> because I reckon this is probably one of the most famous Australian TV series of all time. You were Jerry King, the helicopter pilot in Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. That must have been a fantastic experience because I should imagine that you would have been recognised. You could have gone to Mongolia or Uzbekistan and people would have known you. Well, you're right. Even to this very day, that series, Skippy, is the most successful, sold and viewed Australian television series ever made. And I doubt whether it will ever be beaten because of the way things have changed now. But at one stage, I think Skippy ran in about a 140 different countries. It still runs in 40-odd countries now. But yeah, it was wonderful to be a part of back then. Uh, I mean, the scary aspect is that that's 55 years ago, Steve. You know, it's a yeah, long time. But uh, yeah, I, I'm really honoured to have been in the Man from Snowy River, to be, have been in Skippy from an Australian production point of view. Two classic shows. John and Tony, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Dinner Plain sounds like a fabulous place to go and visit. I look forward to going there at some stage as well. Like Tony, I'm not a downhill skier, mainly because of my size. I would create an avalanche (laughs) if I came off the skis. I know that it's beautiful at any time of the year. Dinner Plain in the really the high country of Victoria, some of the best land you'll see anywhere in Australia. It is a fabulous and it's alpine land and that is very very rare in this country indeed. John and Tony, thank you for joining us on tellmewheretogo.com Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check back on our website for other stories, specialists, funny travel tales and anything else you might need to plan and safely enjoy your next trip. We look forward to hearing you back again soon. Mm -hmm.